0: Hello and welcome to another Octal FM soundbite. I'm Gilada, and I'm Seffron. And today we're kind of continuing along from uh, previous topics. We talked a lot about this sort of movements in the video game industry around streaming games and around you know just changes in the way that console iterations uh, are being iterated. Um, because there's been some news that Sony and Microsoft have kind of formed some kind of partnership around using sony specifically using microsoft's uh cloud services and sort of infrastructure and technology mm. um, as part of their um sort of cloud-based gaming services so sony have uh what is it playstation now right i think which it's is playstation their, now yeah which yeah. is sort of the
1: equivalent of their sort of streaming service where you you can play the games through any sort right. of playstation device uh, and you have to own the game necessarily
0: and that was through that they bought a company to to get that right they didn't build that themselves they no. bought it from from uh, you know they bought up a company to do that and obviously it would be weird if microsoft weren't working on their own streaming services you know they've announced that they have before um we don't really know a huge amount about it but This isn't sort of like, you know, oh, we're going to see like one console from Microsoft and Sony and, you know, there's no more Xbox and PlayStation. But what it does indicate is that, you know, there's a lot of movement, right? We talked about Google Stadia, you know, and we've talked about this stuff a lot and things are really moving. And, Mm. you know, Sony doesn't, to my knowledge, Sony doesn't have a really extensive cloud infrastructure right you've got you've got three companies really in the that deal with the cloud on a massive scale and that's google microsoft and amazon it feels like sony had a choice it's like do we go with amazon or do we go with microsoft because yeah. you're not going to go with google because they've got their own cloud gaming thing and i guess they've decided they decided to go with microsoft you know i mean there is from a technical point of view there's there's some good reasons for picking microsoft and the way that they've architected their Mm. you know tech infrastructure lends itself well to to streaming games but i don't know nonetheless it's just it's it's interesting it's an interesting move
1: i mean we sort of discussed this uh in the previous episodes as well as that this is the way that the gaming landscape is going to go more and more yeah and you're going to find people buying cheap access consoles to the streaming services rather than the whole full powered console that you play locally and like you said it it costs so much money to to set that service up on the company's side so like for Sony to kind of really double down and make this their their service would cost them so much money and it may not even work especially if they're then trying to go up against the might of people like microsoft and google that right. have already got much of that infrastructure in place already exactly who can just basically adapt it to work better with gaming environments which microsoft already has quite a lot of expertise in the first place google maybe have to do a bit of learning on that side of things but i mean they're so massive that it doesn't really right. matter how long it takes them or how much money they have to throw at it to make it work they can make it work yeah. so like you said sony sort of just made a choice really that like, well rather than spending all this money to make a service which we're not even sure will take off necessarily, let's just use a company who we know knows games, because, you know, Microsoft have been doing games now for quite a long time, and we already have sort of a relationship with, be it as a rival most of the time, but we still have a relationship with them. And then almost coming harking back to the old console wars generation, you've kind of got these two traditional gaming companies, like the Microsoft Games side of things, I'm not talking about sort of Microsoft Windows and all that sort of things, kind of going hand in hand to fight the new rival of, of Google, right? Yeah. Like Google sort of is definitely in a position to really punish and take advantage of the more casual market because they can market their stuff so effectively uh, with all the money in the world. And I'm sure they'll make it relatively accessible and affordable too.
0: Yeah, I sort of, what I'm now seeing in in gaming's future. If you look at we've d- we've done this before, but you know, if you look at Netflix um and streaming services as a precursor to this. I kind of see Xbox and PlayStation turning into brands mm. um and in the sense that content brands, right? So you'll have games that are like on Xbox, just like you do now, but that'll be it won't really it won't really be on your Xbox. It won't be like a hardware no. thing that makes it exclusive. It'll be a oh, it's just only on the Xbox yeah. streaming service. It could be made right? by
1: any company that's it's completely unaffiliated with Microsoft necessarily but they've partnered with Microsoft to allow that content to be on Microsoft's
0: right. service. And and then the same will be for Sony, right? So you'll have games that are just first, you know, just exclusive to, to the PlayStation streaming platform, right? But what'll be funny is that in the case of Microsoft and Sony or Xbox and PlayStation, they'll be running on the same data centers. Well, that's like... really
1: good though because <laughs> it means that developers will be more incentivized to make content for Those two platforms because they don't have to make two individual versions of the games. Like traditionally, you'd have to port a game to a new console. Whereas in this case, if you make one for one company and the other company offers you a better deal, there's nothing stopping from just jumping ship to the other one with the same product.
0: And this now and that now puts Google in a more difficult situation because then Google becomes the outlier platform. Yeah. Now you've got two brands from the point of view of customers, two very different brands. But from the point of view of development, they could potentially be very similar Mm. Uh, and so you can say well we can go exclusive with whoever gives us the best deal out of those two companies based on which drives the competition you know up which is great for for consumers and then they can just end up on both anyway you know you can just relax the exclusivity like they always do um, after a certain amount of time and end up being on both of those leaving google stadia kind of in the lurch because Mm. it's like well that's like most of the market so do we really need to bother with google you know when that's like a separate it's kind of a quirky different platform maybe i don't know who knows like who knows what it's like
1: it's sort of the equivalent
0: of maybe like 10 years i mean even
1: 10 years ago when you had things like the ouya being released right? right it's like this new idea of a new company with like a lot of interesting ideas but if you don't get the traditional creators behind you because you just don't give them what they need or want if you don't get the content, people won't play your, your service. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened with Google Stadia. Probably not because they've just got so much more clout. And I imagine they can just basically buy good studios to do work for them. But, I mean, even still, mm. I, like you said, I can see a lot of people, a lot of developers preferring the Sony-Microsoft side of things because there's more accessibility for the platform. And there's also more of a history there too. Like they're they already set up more for towards gaming. Uh, so right. it'll be easier to work for, I imagine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if anything, I see this, maybe, maybe we're completely wrong, but I kind of see this mostly as a reaction, not a reaction, but like as a, because obviously it wasn't, I'm sure this has been in the, in the works for a long time, Mm. but as a sort of response, if you like, to um stadia Stadia. by sort of really joining joining forces uh and i can definitely see it benefiting consumers not in the short term but in the long term you know as the gaming landscape continues to shift this probably isn't going to help for the next iteration of xbox and playstation probably not going to make any difference maybe the psn will be more stable because maybe they're going to start moving some of it over to microsoft side of things yeah but you know, I don't see it making huge differences from a from a gaming point of view um, for a while yet. But I think that maybe down the line, as we see this the streaming services, which I think is going to be the next you know frontier that that gaming is fought on, um, I think that this will will shape that a lot. Uh, that, you know, in a few years' time. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um this is also kind of similar to what we've talked about as well. This is Microsoft's new strategy of kind of partnering up with people Oh too yeah, and, absolutely. Right? And sort of spreading their influence more and more. We talked about this in a previous episode uh, with regards to them teaming up with making Linux stuff, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Sort of their, what, what was it called? Sort of like a Microsoft... The subsystem for Linux. That's yeah. it, subsystem for Linux, yeah. Um, you know... And it's just basically Microsoft spreading themselves out, having their fingers in lots of pies, rather than trying to be the only pie, if that makes yeah,
0: sense. Yeah,
1: 100%. And you can also see that in, as well with their constant relationship building with Nintendo, too. Like, the yeah. idea of having your uh, Switch being able to play Xbox games and stuff is still very much a thing uh, in the in the pipeline. So, yeah, I can see Microsoft becoming almost a hub for games, like you say, And it'll be really interesting to see where that streaming platform goes in future, whether it'll go exclusive, like you say, whether it'll be sort of like a conglomerate where you have
0: like a generic pass or like an overall one for each individual service. I don't know. It's interesting. I wonder if thinking about what you were just saying about Nintendo is I'm wondering if are we going to see a similar thing from Nintendo where mm. they're also gonna, you know, the thing is, is that I think Nintendo are probably going to be three years behind in terms of yeah. streaming compared to everyone else. Yeah. So it's difficult to know, but I don't imagine they have the infrastructure to build that streaming themselves either. Um. So not to they, the same scale. You know,
1: cause, I mean, they do they already use it to some extent because there are the. Japanese exclusive games which you can't play on your Switch natively you have to stream them to your Switch things like Resident Evil 7 and Assassin's Creed for example right you, bo- you own the game but you have to stream it because the Switch can't play them so the service is sort of there but it's probably not robust enough for the widespread release of comparatively to Microsoft and Sony's plans mm
0: yeah that would be interesting i'd be interested i don't actually know i hadn't even heard of that before oh really um, on no. the switch so i'll have to do a little bit of digging and see if we can find out um what that's being powered by and that might that might help uh microsoft. paint this picture yeah potentially <laughs> be interesting if it is already um but yeah so definitely interesting times this is sort of turning into a regular thing that we're uh, hmm. that we're covering in soundbites uh, which is pro- it seems like microsoft are coming up more and more Um, for us in in octal fm which is really interesting but yeah in the meantime i've been gelada and i've been Saffron, and catch us again for another octal fm soundbite very soon